Welcome to How to Apply to College Like a Pro, or as we like to call it, how to make sure you truly show how awesome you are through your college applications. This podcast is created and sponsored by members of Occam Education, a private education and admissions consulting team with over a decade in creating personalized education plans, tutoring, and admissions consulting. This is episode two, 50 Shades of Deadlines, and your distinguished hosts today are yours truly, Dan Brown and David George. Hello, everyone. This is not our first episode. No, in our first episode, what's in the app? We covered the main shared applications and generally what's in each application. So, Dave, as a philosophy professor, you like to be methodical. What to you would logically be most important to cover next? And for that matter, do you want to tell our audience what they can expect from the rest of the season? Sure. So now that we've informed you about the topic, the university application process, generally we're going to talk to you about deadlines. We take the approach of beginning at the end. That's such a philosopher thing to say. Well, thank you. I assume you meant that as a compliment. I certainly took it as one. I guess you could say it's a utilitarian approach. It's a generally practical approach and a results-oriented one. So if you send an application to a university, that normally implies you're at least considering attending that university. I think that's a safe assumption. And so if you would like to attend a university, you have to get in. And when you send your application can certainly impact your chances of getting admitted. So this is a big deal. Yes, huge. And then there was one other big issue with deadlines. Yes, and this will be no surprise to most of our listeners. But shockingly, college can be quite expensive. It has risen at a rate far beyond wages and inflation for a while now. Yes, and while we're not going to talk about that today, maybe that will show up in season two, we are going to talk a little about automatic scholarship deadlines. That also sounds important. So where do you want to start? Let's start by talking about the types of ways you can apply. And here, I don't mean the common app versus the coalition application. I mean the decision type. In the college admissions world, there are a few major decision types. Early action, early decision, regular decision, and rolling decision. Interesting. And will I see these options at every university? No. Each university will offer some combination of these options. Some universities, like the University of California schools, have a single November 30th regular decision deadline and nothing else. Others will offer many more options, like the University of Chicago, which actually offers two early decision options, one on November 2nd and one on January 4th, and an early action option due November 2nd, and a regular decision option due January 4th. That is a lot of options. Okay. So different universities will have different decision types. And, you know, why should I care about this? What are the main differences between them? (laughs) Early action and early decision are basically two different ways of sending an application to a university early and getting a decision back early. For those of you who have not known anyone going through the application process in the last couple decades, a lot has probably changed. The major difference is that a lot of universities have a big application deadline, and this is the regular decision deadline, which is usually at the end of December or in early January. And after this deadline, the universities look at all the applications for a few months and send decision letters, now emails mostly, in March. Okay, so I'm guessing early action and early decision occur before regular decision? That's right. 
The first early action and early decision deadlines tend to take place between October 15th and November 15th. Most universities that offer early decision or early action promise to send a decision by sometime in early to mid-December. Okay, great. So I apply early and I find out early. Um, in a perfect world, that would be the case. And I'm guessing that you're going to tell me this is not a perfect world. <laughs> That's right. So if you apply using early decision or early action, you will receive a response. But that response might be, we're going to evaluate your application in the regular decision pool. So basically, you could get a letter, email, that says you are admitted, you have been rejected, or you have been deferred, which means they're going to render a final decision in a later review period. Okay, but so basically the reason I'm applying early is because I at least want to have a chance of hearing from a university whether I get in or not in December or January. That is the purpose of early action, but early decision is actually a little different. With early decision, you are entering into a mostly binding agreement with the university that if the university accepts you, you will attend. In other words, the early decision part is meant to be an early decision both for you and the university. Interesting. So if I apply early decision, I am entering into a mostly binding agreement. But what does mostly binding mean? Well, that's a little complicated. Let's take a brief stroll through history, and that will help explain the purpose of early decision and restrictive early action. Restrictive early action? Yes, there's actually a subtype of early action we need to discuss. Well, I guess at least there's only two. Hmm. Actually, both early action and early decision have in recent years been broken up into early action one and early action two, and early decision one and early decision two. And this restrictive early action you mentioned. Okay, so we better get moving. Talk to me about early decision, restrictive early action, and why you are talking about them together at all. Restrictive early action is like early action, but you are not allowed to send any early decision applications, and you're only allowed to send early action applications to public universities. Restrictive early action and early decision are normally only offered by private schools, and restrictive early action is meant to block you from applying to other private schools early. That's a lot to digest. Give me some concrete examples. Sure. So, Harvard has restrictive early action, and their deadline is November 1st. You are not allowed to apply early to Harvard and also send an early decision application to Columbia, whose deadline is also November 1st. Basically, Harvard and Columbia want you to choose between them. But both of them will allow you to send early action applications to the University of Michigan, whose deadline this year is November 15th, or to the University of North Carolina, whose deadline is October 15th. And both of them will allow you to apply normally to any other universities you want. So you can apply to any of the University of California schools, so Berkeley, UC San Diego, UCLA, which all have the same November 30th deadline. Okay. So a lot of private schools are going to try to squeeze students with early decision and restrictive early action. You really will not see restrictive early action outside of the top 20 or so schools. Think Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, Notre Dame, 
Of course, this year, Princeton has dropped restrictive early action because of the pandemic. Basically, these schools started using restrictive early action to deal with the problem. University rankings are influenced by yields. A yield is the rate of admitted students who accept their offers to attend. So if 100 students are admitted and 85 attend, that university has an 85% yield. And this is one of the major criteria that U.S. News, the most important ranking agency, uses to make its university rankings. Which colleges really care about because it impacts a variety of things and especially donor giving. Okay, wow. So you're telling me that a lot of the university choices about decision types has to do with university rankings. Pretty much. Early decision is obviously pretty effective in raising yields because you are entering into a contract that says, if I'm offered a place, I'll take it. Okay. But you also mentioned earlier that it was mostly binding. Most of the universities that use early decision know that they're really putting certain people into a tough position. You see, most students will not know the true cost of attending a university for a long time after they apply and are admitted. Interesting. Go on. Universities publish tuition prices that are a bit like hospital or car lot prices. It's a number. And some people, basically the wealthiest families, will pay that number, but most people will not. Early decision is tough on students coming from families without extraordinary wealth because normally you send them applications, then you request financial aid. So you start to get an idea of the cost sometime later. And when I said mostly binding earlier, the caveat to early decision is that you are normally allowed to break the contract if you can show that your cost of attending matters and that you are getting a better financial aid offer from somewhere else. Of course, some universities using early decision will then match that offer so you would be back to binding. The restrictive early action schools like Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Stanford, Notre Dame know that it was a little morally messy to put students in the early decision dilemma. But they also started to see their competitors, schools like Columbia, Penn, Brown, Vanderbilt, raise their yields by taking early decision. Restrictive early action is a bit like splitting the baby. Hmm, interesting. And I'm guessing there is another reason why you have given us this background about early applications and how they've come about. You would be correct. Today we are talking about deadlines. But in a future episode, we're going to talk about personal essays and demonstrated interest. And this mostly has to do with convincing a school that if you are accepted, you will attend, which they care about because yields are a part of university rankings. And this is the reason that we see higher percentages of students admitted via early decision. Higher percentages of students are also normally admitted via early action. Okay, so we've discussed early action, early decision, and restrictive early action. One quick follow-up question, though. If I apply early decision and I'm deferred, is it still binding? No, it is not binding if you're deferred. Okay. And you also noted that for the few schools that take restrictive early action, you can still apply early action to public schools. The one thing you mentioned but haven't explained is the whole early action one versus early action two, and then the same thing with early decision one versus early decision two. So let's remember, 
universities really care about their yields. And so some pioneering school thought not so many years ago, well, what if we had another round of early decision deadlines? What if we gave students the opportunity to apply early decision to our university if they had missed being admitted early decision to another university? Ah, yes, because if they're deferred, then it's not binding. So basically, early decision two is a second later round of early decision. That's right. And not that many universities offer early decision two. Give me some of the major ones that do. Emory University, uh, Middlebury, Boston College, um, Smith, Wake Forest, uh, Boston University, they all offer early decision two with deadlines on January 1st, which is the same as their regular decision deadline. A bunch of other schools also offer early decision two, and this list seems to be growing. Okay, so this is fairly common. And do you find out a bit earlier if you apply early decision two versus regular decision? You said that some of them have the same deadlines. Again, it depends on the university. But you do usually find out about a month earlier, normally in February. And the same type of rules apply, binding, unless maybe something with financial aid? Yes, mostly binding, with the financial aid package being the main way to get out of the binding part. And you can only apply to one early decision to school, just like you can only apply to one school during early decision one. Oh, okay. All right. So I can at most use early decision two times, once during early decision one, and then maybe once again uh, during early decision two. Exactly. And that's the difference between early decision two and early action two. Early action two is just like early action one, You apply a little bit earlier than the regular decision deadline, and you get a decision a little bit earlier. With early action, universities are essentially hoping they can start building a relationship with you a little bit earlier as an admitted student, and that makes you want to attend. Interesting. So early action is a little bit of the soft sell. Pretty much. And this is pretty effective with early action one. Once students get admitted somewhere, the enthusiasm for spending a bunch of time filling out additional applications drops off precipitously. And as we like to say, be careful where you apply, you just might go there. Mm, Good advice. So we do have a couple more things to wrap up. Rolling admission and scholarship deadlines. And we should probably talk briefly about program-specific deadlines. Right, which kind of brings us back to our advice from episode one always check the official university admissions page. And because the advice came from us, that is excellent advice. Nice. One can never pat himself on the back too frequently. So rolling decision, scholarship deadlines and program specific deadlines. Take us away. All right. Rolling decision is mostly offered by large state schools. They are essentially trying to solve a logistical problem. We get a lot of applications for a lot of spots. We offer a lot of financial aid. We do not care about acceptance rates and yield, and we just want to start filling our spots. So with rolling admissions, universities accept or reject applications as they receive them. You apply, and then you normally hear back within a few weeks. That sounds great compared to waiting a few months. It is. The one thing students need to be careful about is that with rolling admissions, The official deadline is usually super late, but the later you apply, the harder it is to get accepted 
because there are fewer spots left. It's just a numbers game. The other thing, and this is super important, state schools normally have automatic merit scholarship deadlines that occur pretty early. And this is true for public universities that use rolling admissions and public universities that have both early action and regular decision options. So basically, with public universities, you usually can apply later, but you should apply as early as possible. That's right. And both because it is easier to get accepted and because there might be automatic merit scholarship deadlines. Right again. Can you give me some examples? Sure. So Indiana University has an early action deadline of November 1st, which is the deadline for students who want to be considered for IU academic scholarships. Some of these are really a big deal. The Dean's Scholarship, for example, for an out-of-state student can be up to $11,000 a year in four years. And the Provost Scholarship for in-state students can be up to $8,000 per year for four years. But you need to apply by November 1st to be considered. Wow. Okay. So that is a big deal. So the takeaway is that even though I might be able to apply later and even much later, I should probably check for scholarship deadlines. Right again for the third time. And then the last thing to discuss is program-specific deadlines, right? Yes. At certain universities, some programs, um, think of a performing arts or an architecture program, have different, usually earlier deadlines. Okay. Can you give me some examples? Okay, so Oberlin College has two main parts, a liberal arts school and a renowned musical conservatory. The liberal arts portion offers early decision one due November 15th, early decision two due January 2nd, and regular decision due January 15th. The conservatory has a single deadline, December 1st. Another example comes from USC. Uh, Southern California. Their School of Cinematic Arts programs, um, so their majors in animation and digital arts, film and television production, etc., all have deadlines of December 1st, but the regular decision deadline is January 15th. So you have to be careful, do your college research early, choose your program options, and look for these special deadlines. That's great advice, Dave. So in summary, there are four major decision types, early action, early decision, regular decision, and rolling decision. Early action gets you an answer early and is non-binding. And that answer you get will be a yes, a no, or a wait until later. With early decision, you are entering into a mostly binding agreement. That is, if the university accepts you, you will probably need to attend. In other words, the early decision part is meant to be an early decision by both you and the university. Regular decision is the most common way to apply, and most universities have regular decision deadlines in January, but they do vary by school. Rolling decision is mostly offered by large state schools. With rolling admissions, universities accept or reject applications as they receive them. You apply, and then you normally hear back within a few weeks. One big thing to remember with rolling admissions is that while the official deadline is usually super late, there are normally automatic scholarship deadlines that occur pretty early. So look for these, or you could be losing tens of thousands of free tuition dollars. And then finally, make sure that you also check 
that your intended field of study, especially if it's in the arts, does not have any earlier program-specific deadlines. That's a pretty good summary. Well, thanks for the explanation, David. And that wraps this second episode of How to Apply to College Like a Pro. Check the show notes for a summary of the episode and a link to our new mobile app, Vitami, which has the early action, early decision, regular decision, and scholarship deadlines we discussed. It is available now in Apple's App Store. And in our next episode, episode three, Tell Me About Yourself, we will discuss how to write admissions essays. 